happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. We live in a self-centered world where people are so interested in themselves and what is going on in their life that they seldom take notice of anyone around them. Our culture is fixated on getting more, and many times we rarely think of the consequences to others. But as Christians, we are commanded to love one another and to put others first. However, it seems that even Christians are forgetting the value and necessity of living others-minded. Join Kim on a journey as she takes us through the scriptures and reveals the difference godly friends make. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, and what a pleasure it is to get to spend some time in Mark chapter 2. I love this account in God's Word because I believe it, it really is an account of hope. It's an account of the value that we have of having great friends It shows us how God loves us and the strength that we find in being friends with people who are like-minded in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us that bad company corrupts good character. And you know, most of us growing up probably heard our parents say, that's not a good person for you to hang out with, or maybe you shouldn't be friends with this person to the extent that you're doing what they're doing, but they're living their lives different than we want you to live. And so they would mediate between what you wanted sometimes and what was best for you regarding the people that you hung out with. It's a very common fact that you become a lot like the people that you spend the most time with. And so as Christians, we want to spend time with people like believers, people who are living holy and godly lives. Now, that's not to say that we shun those that don't. It is that we go to where they are and bring them to where we are so that they can be influenced by the God that lives inside of each of us. As we begin to look at Mark chapter 2, what we begin to see is an incredible account of a person's life being completely changed not only because they were brought to Jesus by their friends, but because they had friends who cared enough about them to bring them to Jesus. As we read this account in Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 and going through verse 11, I want you to think about the people in your life. I want you to do an honest account of the friends that you have. And I want you to answer this question. Do my friends point me to Jesus? 
Am I closer to God because of the time I spend with my friends? You may think, well, how could that possibly be? Well, if you're spending time with people who are sold out and in love with Jesus, their conversation is going to be centered and focused on Jesus. If you are spending time and are close and confiding to people who are spending time in prayer, who spend time in Bible study, their words of counsel and wisdom to you is going to lead you to a closer, deeper relationship with Jesus. The next question I want you to answer for yourself is this. Am I the kind of friend that when people are in my presence, they are automatically in the presence of Jesus? That's an incredible question that we need to answer with a strong affirmative yes. That when you're in the presence of someone, they feel that they're in the presence of Jesus. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, tell us that we are a light. And that when you have a light, you don't hide it under a bushel. But you put it on a candlestick for all the world to see. And 16 says, so let your lights shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So it matters how you live. But it also matters who your friends are. Let's begin reading in Mark chapter 2 at verse 1. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. I love that. That's Jesus Christ they're talking about. And he's coming to a city, and they say it was noise that he was in the house. Jesus is in the house. See, when Jesus is in the house, things change. Now, I realize that this particular passage that we're getting ready to continue to read is referring to Jesus being in a place where all kinds of people are going to gather and a lot of amazing things are going to take place. But I want you to know something, that when Jesus is in your house, things change. When you have Jesus running rampant in the walls and the hallways and the rooms and the basements and the yard and the surrounding places of where you abide, there is a difference in your home. When you walk into someone's house who is so in love with Jesus that there are Bibles all over the place, you can find a Bible in every room. You can see art and decorations and things that point people to Jesus. And in those certain homes you'll come into, you'll step in and you'll see an altar because that's where they pray. And they want everybody that comes into their house to know. I belong to Jesus, and that's where I fight my battles. Yes, you can pray anywhere, at any time, and pretty much in any way. But there's something about having a designated place, something about having an altar where you come and you lay your burdens down and you exchange it for the peace of God. So this verse opens up with, it was noise that he was in the house. It is my prayer that when people come and go from where I live, that it is noised that he is in my house. I want people to know that Jesus is welcome in my home and that he lives there. 
Beginning in verse 2, as we pick it up, it says, And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. This place was packed. You couldn't squeeze one more person in. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Here's where it gets interesting. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. I want you to think about this for a minute. This man who was sick of the palsy, he no doubt was unable to give much to his friends. I'm sure he couldn't hang out with them. I'm sure there were many activities that he would have been excluded from. But he still had these four men. These four people who was a friend to this man who was sick. And I want you to see how you know he's a friend. It doesn't say that the friends brought unto him one sick of the palsy. It says four born him in or brought him in. Now, this meant they had a purpose and a desire for this man to see Jesus. In so much that they were willing to travel carrying this sick man. Now, in my mind's eye, I see this man with the palsy on a stretcher, and on each of the four corners, there's a man bearing their share of the load to get this man in front of Jesus so that he could be healed. And when they get there, they can't get him in. They've traveled however so far. They've Given all they have, they have come determined with one purpose, and that is to get the man with the palsy in front of Jesus. And when they get there, they can't get him through the door. Now, for some of us, just to have four people in our lives that would be willing, expecting no return of their own, to take you on a journey and bear your burden to get you in front of Jesus would be pretty amazing. But these individuals were not stopped because there was no room at the door. See, this man sick of the palsy, he had friends that were devoted to him. He had friends that were willing to sacrifice for him, but listen closely. He had friends that knew who Jesus was. See, that's what kept them in the game. That's why they were standing there going, we're going to get my friend in front of Jesus because when I get my friend in front of Jesus, he will be healed. They had faith enough to follow even when obstacles were in their way. Now let's think about that for a moment. Is that the kind of faith you have? Where you are so determined that in the presence of Jesus, there is exactly what you need and the ones that you love 
need that you will not be stopped regardless of the difficulty it is to get in front of him. Now let's think about what that means in our lives. We have people in our lives, all of us do, that don't know Jesus. What is it that we're doing to show them who he is? How on display is our faith in front of the faithless? And you say to me, well, Kim, I don't want to offend them. Do you think that cutting a hole in a roof of somebody else's place wasn't a tad bit offensive? I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. It would startle me quite a bit if I started hearing chainsaws in my roof, regardless of who was in the house. So I think these four friends show us that when you really know who Jesus is, when you really have a faith that passes all understanding, and you have seen Jesus with your mind's eye and deep within your heart for who he is, and you have a working, true, deep relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you understand the Holy Spirit, which these guys did not have abiding in them. But when you have that kind of relationship, Friends, you're not going to worry about offending the world. You're going to conduct your life in a very civil, law-abiding way. You're going to try to live peacefully as much as possible with all men as we are commanded. You are going to try to love one another as Christ loved us. But when you know the consequences of living a faithless life, and you understand the benefits of living a faithful life, you're not going to be worried about offending someone. You're going to bathe your comments with prayer. And you're going to ask God for direction and instruction. But when you understand who God is and how real hell is, and how all those who don't know him are going to hell, which was never meant for them, but they're choosing that over the precious blood of Jesus, you're going to live your faith. You're going to speak Jesus. You're going to shine your light. You're going to polish your lampshade. And you're going to seek every opportunity, not just seize every opportunity, but seek every opportunity to allow everyone you know to see the Jesus in you in a real and working way. See, these people weren't going to stop 
because they had a friend who was in need and they loved their friend and they were 100% certain that if they would get him in the presence of Jesus, that Jesus would be Jesus and do what Jesus does and Jesus would heal him. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, He said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. When he saw the faith of the friends, the healing power of Jesus was activated. Now that's the friends I want. That's the kind of friend I want to be. There are times in our life when it's hard for us to come up with faith and we need to be able to have faithful friends around us who can see clearly, who can pray through, who are earnestly seeking God's presence on our behalf. That's why it's so important who your friends are. That's why it matters who you trust, who you spend your time and energy with. That's what matters. Whose influence you're allowing to impact your life. Because I promise you, those that you're hanging around with, if you're not influencing them towards Jesus, which means living that life that's on display, full of faith, love, grace, and mercy, walking the commandments of God, speaking the words of Jesus, then if that's not happening, then they're impacting you for the negative. And they're dulling your witness. And when you are low in faith, they're not going to be of any help. This man, sick of the palsy, He had friends that were determined to get them help. He had friends that lived out 1 Corinthians 13, 8, that tells us that love never fails. He had friends who were exhibiting sacrificial love as we have all who are born-again Christians experienced when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for those who believe that we should not perish but have everlasting life in John 3, 16. Don't underestimate the influence your faith has on others. And be quick to live out your faith. And to be that light we're told to be in Matthew 5, 14 and 16. As we continue in this, we see, But there was a certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God? There you go. There's your naysayers. There's always going to be somebody who has something negative to say about your efforts and your work for the Lord. But I've got a couple of things I want to tell you about that. First of all, it's okay if nobody understands because it's not their assignment, it's yours. So they don't have to get it. They don't have to understand it. And you can rest assured that you are never alone. And that God will equip who he calls, supply what you need, 
and give you the strength to do it. The second thing I want you to know is that the naysayers in your life who are critical of your work for the Lord, who are stumbling blocks for your progress in Jesus, they're not speaking on behalf of him. They're not right with God. Because God says that we're to love one another and edify one another. And when we correct one another, we do it in love. And if you are working for the Lord, you don't need somebody telling you the one thing you might have gotten wrong. You need someone to come alongside you and to cheer you on and to encourage you. You wouldn't ask a car mechanic to give you a diagnosis for a brain injury. Don't ask somebody who isn't living at the foot of the cross to assess your life with Jesus. You do business with God. Let the Holy Spirit convict you, and you find good friends like the man with the palsy had four good friends whose faith made him whole. You put those people around your life on each corner of yourself and hold you up, and you let them keep you accountable And you let them speak truth to you, even when it's difficult to hear. And you listen as they speak and they give you the Bible references and the data of Christ's life to show what they're saying is the truth of God. And they do it in love because they want you to have a walk with Jesus that places you in the center of his will. Those, my friend, are friends you keep close and you allow them to speak life into you. I am super fortunate. I have three or four friends like that. I have a couple of friends I can call on a moment's notice and say, pray for me. And I no longer get those words out than they are praying and their heart is bent towards the Lord. And they are pleading for God to come to me in a way. They are putting me in his presence through their prayers. You can't buy those friends from me. And they are gifts from God. Now, I have plenty of critics in my life. I have a few of those I'll give you for free. But I also have a couple of people who will keep me very accountable. I feel like my four corners of my life are covered with earthly people of faith. But what I know that I know that I know is that my heart is bathed and covered with the Holy Spirit who's going to convict me and instruct me and direct me. I told you about my friends. But what I want us to really think about is what kind of friend are we? Could we hold up somebody's corner? The devil uses many people and many things to distract us. 
Have we allowed something to come into our life? Have we entertained thoughts and practices and hobbies and people? See, it happens gradually. You know what convictions God has given you. And perhaps you've lived those convictions for decades. You find yourself in a place and you really just want to fit in and you're so stinking odd anyway. And you find yourself just barely compromising. You go to a place and you don't participate in what's going on, but it's a place you normally wouldn't even go. That's a distraction. Don't do that. And don't have friends that wouldn't understand when you say, hey, I I know you're going there, and I know that's something you want to do, but I can't, and here's why. And maybe, just maybe, it'll cause them to think. We all need the friend who says, you're peculiar and zealous of good works like the scripture says. I don't always understand you, but it's okay. We need those in our life. We also need the friend that says, hey, pal, let's look at the scriptures for a minute. I'm sure that decision you're making lines up. How about we talk about it? How about we pray about it? How about you show me in the scriptures where you think Jesus says that's okay? See, my words are, not, are unimportant. Honestly, so are yours. But when we speak Jesus, when we speak truth, we can change people's lives because we can put them in front of the presence of God who will change them. We can be change agents in this world. Stop complaining about how the world is unless you're willing to do something about it. And I'm not discussing politics or exercising your vote. I'm simply telling you, do what is your reasonable service and follow the commandments of God and live your life in such a way that when people are in your presence, they are in the presence of Jesus. Friends, Be the friend God's called you to be. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. 
To learn how to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved. Girl